0: What up world surpass first point guard and blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts in today's show. We're going to talk about the NBA draft. The blazers bought into the second round and landed an elite athlete We'll talk about why it was a good news that the blazers that was the only move the blazers made on draft night. We'll talk about. Pending trades, a huge deal. Russell Westbrook headed to the Los Angeles Lakers, going to shake up the Western Conference and thoughts on that and what it's sort of the larger picture of that being the big move of draft night means. And then we'll look ahead to free agency. Free agency begins in earnest on Monday when uh, teams can start formally agreeing, uh, not signing contracts, but formally agreeing to... to, to deals with free agents. Uh, Spoiler, free agency has already begun, but the sort of legal open tampering period begins on Monday. So we'll look ahead to free agency to close the show. But let's start with the draft night talk. Tonight was the 2021 NBA draft, and the Blazers came away with one selection. They went into the night with none, and they came away. All the reporting suggested, you know, Jason Quick basically just straight up said the Blazers are going to buy a second-round pick uh, last week in some reporting. And what did the Blazers do? They did exactly like Wick reported. They got themselves the 43rd pick in the draft tonight. And armed with the 43rd pick, they selected Greg Brown, 6'9 forward out of the University of Texas. In exchange, the Blazers sent a future second round pick in 2026 and cash to new Orleans, new Orleans had a four second round picks. They were obviously going to sell off these. This was, this, this was a, like a relatively uh, reasonable target for the blazers. Uh minor sort of housekeeping stuff here. The blazers now have a 22, 2022 second round pick, and then they do not have a second round selection until 2027, Probably won't matter uh, if there's like massive roster reconstruction and they trade a certain point guard, they're gonna get a stable of picks back and it won't matter. But like it, if you assume they they continue on the course they're currently on, uh, they'll be a little bit light on second round picks and so it makes it a little harder to sweeten future trades. I think that's the only the only real takeaway from that. But it, it doesn't matter. You can always buy back in and keep trading you know future picks on, on down as they did tonight if they want to uh, acquire sort of late you know late second round like they did here with brown so who is greg brown you might ask well let me tell you greg brown is someone who i saw play one college basketball game because texas beat unc earlier this year at the buzzer but i have read up on greg brown i've done my homework uh i'm not a i'm not a big uh draft guy college guy but i i I know who to ask, I know who to read, but I'm not I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I've 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 scouted, you know, 70 guys in preparation for this draft. That's, that's a lot of stolen valor at draft time. I'm not one to do that. I'm just I'll tell you straight up. Saw this dude play 24 minutes against Carolina. Don't remember him. Uh, I remember Texas was big. He was one of their big guys. 6'9", with long arms, listed at 210 pounds. He's a 19-year-old coming out of college after one year. Played 26 games for uh, the Longhorns, including 24 starts. His minutes kind of dwindled at the end of the year as he struggled a little bit. Averaged 9.3 points, 6.2 rebounds. Turned the ball over a bunch. Uh, 2.3 turnovers per game to compared to just .04 assists. 10 assists, 60 turnovers you know, twenty six games in his lone season at Texas. Shot forty two percent from the floor, uh thirty three percent from three. He he got shots up like he's he he's kind of like a You know, maybe in more traditional college offense, he would have been a four, but he played sort of on the wing at Texas. What he really is is like a really good athlete. He's like he's just he's just a ridiculous ridiculous jumper. Didn't go to the draft combine, wasn't invited, so um, we won't we don't have those measurements. But over a forty over a forty inch vertical, according to Sam Vecini of the Athletic, um, just he has crazy highlight dunks. Like if you want to go see him throw down a bunch of putback dunks, um, he he loves loves a putback dunk, according to my my. YouTube research, Raphael Barlow, host of locked on NBA draft, uh, compared him to Derek Jones 2.0, like a non shooter, super, super athlete, uh, Bigger, a little bit bigger frame. Like I think Greg Brown's a little bit bigger than than Derek Jones was at this same same time. But like th- that's what you can get the sense of. Sort of just like he doesn't have a lot of polish on either end. He's not a great defender, but he profiles as someone who could be. He's not much of an offensive player, but you know he's he's a big guy who shoots threes and he can um, has a has a little bit of of juice off the bounce. Reading Sam Vecini's massive draft profile on him, sounds like he's someone with maybe the confidence to have a more well-rounded, like, off-the-dribble, pull-up, uh, d- drive-and-create uh, drive type of game on offense, but he's, that's more aspirational than actual. He's, he's you know, he's a project. And quite frankly, buying into the second round and getting someone who could be like one of the best athletes in the draft and the price is some cash from a billionaire owner and a, and a, a distant second round pick, this is fine. The upside is that you've got a 3 and D like wing, like a 3-4 hybrid type who's who could be one of the elite athletes like sort of right away. The Blazers could use an injection of more athleticism and more length. You get a guy who can, um, you know, is, is probably not ready in year one, but is, is could be a contributor by the End of his uh, by the end of his rookie contract, uh, you you aren't in in round two, and and, and you know you're picking beyond even beyond like 20, right? There's, there's just not that many people who contribute in any one NBA draft in the league. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough place to stick. But if you're picking, you know, in the second round and particularly in the forties, like you're, you're taking an upside flyer. And quite frankly, Greg Brown reads like an upside flyer. He's, he's going to be a, he's already a really good athlete. He's going to, he's going to come into the league as one of the more athletic players of this draft class, which probably makes him one of the more athletic players in the league. Like uh, that, that's a leg up. He's, probably not capable of being a contributor in, in, in certainly not day one, but in year one, sounds like just like reading, reading the San Vecini draft profile um, and, and reading another profile on the athletic written by uh, the Texas beat writer. Like he's, he's a guy who projects as sort of a G league development type, but that's what the Blazers do. They put players in the incubator and they turn them into NBA players. Like, if you were expecting a second rounder to be the thing that sort of convinces Dame to stay, you were looking, you you had your eyes on the wrong target. Like this is teams, teams draft projects. They develop projects. This is just a, a reasonable, reasonable, normal approach to team building. I know everyone, it seems like everyone on the internet, maybe I'm just like, I was, it's easy to follow the draft on easiest and best to follow the draft on Twitter. So maybe I was just reading a bunch of angry blazer fan tweets all night, but I think people are more upset about this than, than they should be. This is, greg Brown is is a project he's he could be a three and d wing uh he's probably not going to be either a three-point shooter or much of a defensive player in year one but a really a really athletic 19 year old who's six nine with with like long arms fine let's like that's that is the type of player that if if he develops into something anyone at any team at any stage would be happy to have you take a late round flyer and you move it on uh, I'm not gonna pretend that I've like I said I uh, I don't even remember Greg Brown from the one college basketball game I saw him play, but apparently I've seen him play 24 total minutes of his NBA career and he didn't pop out to me. You know who did? Kai Jones. He went way way earlier in the draft. If nothing else... Uh, getting a second round pick allows the Blazers to have cheap players at the end of their bench. If they're going to make, you know, big moves or if they're going to use all of their tools, and we'll talk about those tools, the mid-level exception and the biannual exception and minimum contracts, like they need cheap players to fill out the back half of the roster and filling it out with a 19-year-old who who projects to have, you know, could be an upside type player, a really, really good athlete who could project to be a contributor down the line. This is great. Like that's, that's, that is that's this like a totally reasonable flyer to take. Um, it's, it is not going to, um, it is, it is no risk. And the reward is that maybe you found an NBA player. And quite frankly, the Blazers have a track record of finding NBA rotational players in the, in the second round. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt. And if it doesn't work out, it's not something you're going to, you're not going to beat them up over it. So Greg Brown, welcome to Portland. One other quick draft note before we switch gears and talk about Russell Westbrook, who's going to be a Laker. Wow. My most important takeaway from draft night is the Blazers did not make a selection in the first round, and that is good news. It might feel like bad news, because it's draft night, and every team is getting new players and shiny new parts, and... Every single NBA player gets compared to high-level rotation guys and all-stars. That's who comps are. You never, you never give a comp of like someone who's bad. Like, hey, you know, if this if this works out, this dude might uh, might be Ish Smith. Like, it's you don't you don't get that. No one ever compares anyone to Howell Neto and. Uh, Greg Steemsma. No no one, <laughs> that's, that's not how comps work in the league. It's not how comps work on the, on the broadcast, but it's much more reasonable. Most of the most, most of the players drafted tonight are not NBA contributors. Uh, it's, it's, it's unlikely something like if they're 60 picks, something like a third of them will end up being NBA contributors and, and the rest of them will pursue basketball at another level if they do so. But why it's, why it's a big deal that the Blazers didn't make it or why it's a good thing. The Blazers didn't make a pick in the first round. Because if they did they are not, if, if you want them to have Damian Lillard on the roster, they don't need to add a rookie. It would be bad news if they added a rookie because if they're if they're getting into the first round, it means they're either trading some sort of future asset or some player that's currently on the roster. And if they're trading a player that's currently on the roster for a rookie, they're almost certainly going to get a little bit worse because rookies are just, while it might be a more responsible way to build a team, they're just very unlikely to help you in year one and, and, and day one. And they need to, players need to be good day one. So you don't want a first round pick, uh, particularly in exchange for player on the roster because you want nba players you want proven players to help you get there because you you need to get better that's the mandate from damien lord and if you want damien lord on the roster you kind of have to follow what he says if you trade a future draft pick to get into the first round then you are compromising the limited things you can trade for if you're going to make a big trade if you're going to put your biggest package together to get a good veteran you want to save all of those things for those future trades a first round pick would have felt shiny it would have felt good but it would have been bad news it's good news that the Blazers didn't do that standing pat waiting through three hours of the first round of the draft it's it it could be a little anxious right like I I feel like people were anxious like hey come on do something do something Blazers but them doing something would have been bad it would have been it would have been the signal that things are going in the other direction Uh, if you are trying to do if you're trying to thread this needle of keep Dame on the team and and have this you know happy ending over the next decade with Damian Lillard wearing a, a pin wheel you you just you can't. tonight was not the night to make the move it's in the future it's the coming days it's to make a trade into free agency we'll talk about that in the third segment uh, it's it's to make trades this this offseason and do all that if you made a trade if you wasted or if you use some some of your assets be they players or future picks on a on a draft pick you're likely to take a step back and the Blazers cannot afford to take even a minor step back now that might be a better like holistic approach like I said to draft to team building but the Blazers are no longer in the sort of um, reasonable rational way they are do what dame says and hope that he sticks around because that's their path forward they might not always be on that timeline and on that plan but for right now they are so it's good news that they didn't make a selection in the first round it's good news that the only name that they got was the 43rd pick and it ended up with greg brown that was good news for the trailblazers all right let's talk about some big old news in the second in the second segment russell westbrook headed to tinseltown Before we get there, though, let's talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now and find all the parts you need for your car or truck at reliably low prices. Spend 30, 50, or even 100% less than you would at a chain store or car dealership when you go to rockauto.com. They've been doing it and making it easy for do-it-yourselfers for two decades. So go explore the easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto part needs. That's rockauto.com, and you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. right so we talked about the draft welcome to portland greg brown and it's listen the blazers not getting a first round pick might have gave you a little fomo but it's good it was good business a a good and important thing that happened but we got to talk about the big old news like just like massive news in the league according to multiple reports russell westbrook is headed to the los angeles lakers whoa boy sounds like this trade might get expanded to include more than just two teams, but for the sort of basic framework of the trade is Montrez, Harrell, Contavious, Caldwell, Kyle Kuzma, and the Lakers, the 22nd pick in the draft tonight that seems to have been since moved on to Indiana. So we'll see what sort of the final details of the trade look like. But KCP, Kuzma, Trez, a first rounder, in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. let's unpack what this means because whoa was kind of the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, it's this is a big this is a big old move this was it sounded like you know up until basically the the Westbrook trade happened it sounded like the uh Lakers were going to send a similar package save for KCP to the Kings in exchange for Buddy Heald because they were going to get the shooting they coveted so much instead they get Russell Westbrook who is by some measures the worst shooter in the history of the league uh those measures would be like uh among players that take a volume of three-pointers this the worst three-point shooters in the NBA in the league history in terms of like volume shooters are Russell Westbrook and Charles Barkley. Uh, Westbrook is just a he's he is someone who shoots a lot of bricks. He is an all-time great player like dudes a Hall of Famer a former MVP um a a unique talent that will never see something like him again like he's 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 really one of one and I will miss watching Russell Westbrook when he's gone because really they just they don't they didn't ever make him like that before and they're not gonna make him like that again like the Russell Westbrook is is singular but he's also like deeply flawed right like he's He's incredibly stubborn. He's um, he needs the ball in his hands to do stuff or he just kind of stands around and watches. He's never despite being like a, an elite athlete his whole life, uh, like a freak in his younger years he was never much of a cutter like he didn't score off the ball particularly well obviously can't shoot uh teams just like straight up don't guard him when they get into the playoffs like he 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 comes with real problems and yet he's the you know an all-time triple-double guy and and when the when the wizards figured it out the second half of last season they were really good with with uh, Russell Westbrook on the court like they were one of the five best or one of the six excuse me they were sixth in defense with in the second after getting Daniel Gafford like they were they they got the right parts around him and with Brad Beal who's not much of a defender and with Russell Westbrook who kind of um, just breaks scheme and sometimes it's just like a bad defender because he's just not he's not like on the on the plan they were one of the best defenses in the league a six best defense in the league like they were really good the Wizards went from horrific to like to, you know better parts better pizza, or in this case, better defense. Uh, they, they were just, you know, the, you can still build a, a really effective team around Russell Westbrook. The Wizards also finished eighth in the East and, and cli- or, you know, climbed into the, into the uh, playoffs, ended up with the eighth seed after, after getting out of the play-in round. Like, they, they were good for po- a portion of the season. I think, to me, it is reasonable to think the Lakers got worse by making this trade. I think that's reasonable take. I don't think I think that I'm not sure. I, I I'm not there. Like I'm not, I, I think the, I think Russell Westbrook, while flawed and weird and, and stubborn and all of these things, like he's just really, he's, he's good. Like he's a good basketball player. Um, and talent will figure it out to some extent. Like I think the Lakers are remain, you know, a championship caliber team, assuming health and Russell Westbrook is part of that. And, and, and likely, um, improves them overall. But I think it's a very reasonable take if you look at the trade and say, I think the Lakers got worse. Like, I I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to like, we're not going to argue. I'll just say, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's right because they lost their best perimeter defender and Contavious Caldwell Pope. He's also one of their best shooters. Uh, they don't have much shooting. Kyle Kuzma, for all of his flaws and all of his bricks, was like one of the best young, one of the best wings on the Lakers roster last year. Like, he's probably not a wing. He's probably like more of just like, a score first four but he played a lot of three he took real real strides as a defender last season uh and trez while he's montrez is like i like montrez harrell because i just like i like guys that go hard and kind of just do what they do he just does what he does he's not a very good defender or he's a straight a bad defender he doesn't have any range on offense he's he's like an, he's like an energy backup five uh and it's I don't know that's like that's what he is he's like a high energy backup center that's that is um that is a relatively limited role he's not he's not the sort of game-changing force uh I'm not I don't think losing Trez is that big of a deal uh depending on what the Lakers do at center with Marcus sol and if they bring back Andre Drummond we, we can talk about it but for now like I well I might think yeah, hey, you might be right that if you think the Lakers got worse, I don't think they did. And I don't think even if they got worse, I think it's relatively, mar- for my, from my viewpoint, relatively marginal. They remain, if healthy, uh, a true title contender and one of the three best teams in the Western Conference, without a doubt, uh, particularly uh, depending on what happens with Mike Conley and the Utah Jazz this summer. So that's, that's big. But it also means that Brad Beal seems like he's very likely to stay. According to reporting from multiple, multiple folks, including Marcus Thompson of, of the athletic is the first person I saw report this. It sounds like it's, it sounds like, and David Aldridge of the athletic had it too. Like it sounds like Brad Beal's going to stick around. It sounds like this is going to help him stick around. It's he didn't necessarily want to leave. And this gives him it's, you know, while it, 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 there's a chance for that the uh the Wizards will be you know pretty good with this sort of collection of role players it allows uh real flexibility for them financially to add better parts and it allows them to give Bradley Beal a max contract extension which if you had Russell Westbrook and his big contracts also on the books it was going to make it dicier to sort of give Brad Beal 40 million bucks and say we're going to be a luxury tax team with Brad you know aging Brad Beal and aging uh Aging Russell Westbrook, aging is kind of mean, like Brad Beal's 28, but you know what I'm saying? It's, you You know, you're paying him past his 30th birthday, 40 some million dollars. That's a big, that's a real serious financial commitment. So it sounds like Brad Beal's going to stay put. So you've got, Buddy Heald might, might be harder for, uh, harder for the Kings to move. Brad Beal, who seemed like one of the stars that could be on the move, sounds like he's staying put. So now we're we're looking at really limited names that could be on the market. And if you think like you're listening to Lockdown Blazers, so let's let's just assume for our purposes that Damian Lillard is not one of the names that people are are trading for. Certainly not one of the names that like uh, the Blazers are covetous of acquiring in a trade. He's already under contract for three plus seasons. So that means what's really just Ben Simmons and potentially Pascal Siakam but if the if Siakam moves it seemed like it might be for someone like Brad Beal or someone like Simmons like those guys could be involved so there are limited big names that are going to be available on the trade market I don't think Brad Beal was ever like a real thing for the Blazers just because they would need multiple teams to get involved you know you're not making a Brad Beal for CJ McCollum trade it's just not going to happen why would the Wizards want to do that uh, it's it it's uh, it just it never made sense from Washington's perspective. So then you have to find a third team and who you know who exactly what what other team would take on CJ? What would it cost? It, it seems like too complicated. It wasn't a good it wasn't a good fit. They weren't. It was never a good partnership for that trade to happen. But with less you know less if if you know if if Philly can't contemplate that Brad Beal for Simmons swap then the suitors for Simmons get a little bit lower. And that's the other big takeaway from draft night. Westbrook was the big name that moved. And Beal wasn't the big name that moved. And Beal seems like he's staying put. And the and Ben Simmons, ain't nothing happened with your boy. And now, while I don't think right now, as I stand here today, on Thursday, July 29th, talking to you about Blazers' trades and the future and the offseason and all those things, it's... I don't think it's very likely in this exact moment that the Blazers can acquire Ben Simmons. But the longer you wait, the longer the market is there for Simmons, the more likely that Philly will have to come off of its giant asking price and come back to the Blazers and and start talking about a CJ McCollum swap. It is That is undeniably great news from draft night. Undeniably. Because if there was all this talk that maybe this was, you know, uh, Adrian Wojnowski reported like that the trade talks were gonna heat up with Simmons around the draft and all these things and and, and this was you know, and then there was the same kind of idea with Beale, too. And like these, these sort of big dominoes I discussed in my previous podcast, like these were, these were going to be sort of a big, if there was going to be a big trade, it was v- very likely to happen around the draft. It could still for sure happen, right? But, but like around draft time was when the action would start happening. And the fact that it didn't, the longer Ben Simmons is in Philly in a situation that seems untenable, like it seems like they have to trade him just sort of reading the reports that like, they know everyone knows uh according to to sham Strani of the athletic like it's they've and adrian rojanowski like they've rich paul and clutch sports and, and the philadelphia 76ers they agree ben simmons needs to play on another team next year but the asking price is sky high and the longer ben simmons is on the market the fact that he wasn't moved on draft night the longer we push forward with ben simmons still available in trade talks is just is just good news for portland because you just wait around, you're never going to match those sky-high prices, you do, not have those, you do not have that package to offer. But if those packages never materializes, the asking price comes down, and eventually, potentially, it's a CJ McCollum option. Then you can get on the phone. The longer, the deeper we get into August. August 10. 11, 12. Now we're talking. Ben Simmons hasn't been traded yet. That is good news for the Portland Trail Blazers. You want Ben Simmons to remain a Blazer for as long, or remain a sixer as long as possible if you want him to end up as a Blazer, and you might not. Your mileage may vary on that, but I think he's the absolute best player the Blazers could reasonably acquire. Uh, Pascal Siakam might be a better fit for sure, but that's probably going to take multiple teams and multiple parts. Like, I think you could probably conceivably find a straight across type two team trade involving, you know, CJ and stuff like picks and parts for Simmons. I think you could get there, but you're not going to get there if he moves quickly. So the longer it takes, the deeper we get. We well, you got through Draft Night, you got to get through probably a whole nother week of of free agency. Uh, you know. Let's, let's, August 10th, let's re, re, regroup. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about it before then, but August 10th, let's regroup. If Ben Simmons is still a sixer, then we're going to start sounding the alarms because then it's, I think it gets real. Like, I think CJ McCollum, then you really start to look around the league and say, he's the best player Philly can acquire. So, great news that Ben didn't go anywhere. And weird news that Russell Westbrook is going to be a Laker. I don't think that deal is going to go through until the new league year uh, opens up. Like and you can make trades and sign and uh, sign free agents. So it's, it's probably not going to be until August 6th. But Westbrook, a Laker, he's already said thanks to Washington on his Instagram account. It's happening. It is real. And Ben Simmons, still on the market, baby. All right, free agency for real begins on Monday. So let's talk about what to expect from the Blazers as we enter the offseason in earnest, which is going to heat up over the weekend and get wild next week. But before we do that, let's talk about Bill Bar. is the best tasting protein bar that there is. I am headed on a little vacation. More on that in a moment because the timing is a little goofy. But I'm headed on a vacation, a road trip. And you know what I got to stock my car for the road trip? I spent my real money on Bill Bar, Like... I've been sent free Bilt Bars a whole bunch. I've been doing this podcast for a while. I've been telling you about built Bars for a long time. They really are the best tasting protein bar on the market. And you don't need me to read you the ad copy. Let me tell you this. After getting this product for free several times, I decided to spend my own dang money so, my, so me and my wife will have the best protein bars with us in the car while we just drive down to Los Angeles. And the reason I spent my own money to purchase this product, to purchase Bill Bars, is because they're delicious, but also compared to every other protein bar out there, they just pack a bigger punch. Like, compared to every other bar that would kind of like tide you over snack-wise, you're just getting way more for it. With 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs in these bars. I've tried a bunch of bars. Nothing comes close in terms of caloric intake to protein. You're just not get getting the trade-off. Built Bar wins. That's why I got myself some. You should do the same. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked15. You'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Still a pass first, point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. And in between the second and third segments, the Blazers made another move, a minor addition. I mean, maybe a minor addition, maybe a massive one. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Blazers have signed or plan to sign, according to the tweet. Louisiana State's Trendon Watford to a two-way deal. It's a 6'9 power forward who was second team All-SEC this year and spent two seasons at LSU before turning pro. He's the brother of uh, former IU great Christian Watford. Shout out to Watford for the win. Take that, Duke. But the younger Watford, not the Watford I'm more familiar with because he's a decade older. But uh, Trenton Watford, according to Sam Vecini, he's dra- massive and in in dispensable NBA draft guide available on The Athletic Uh, worth maybe worth the price of of the subscription just because Sam puts so much dang work into this thing but I have I've quickly read up on him he's he's you know a below the rim not super athletic four who has a a, like a funky in between sort of like floater flip shots up game he's he's you know he's he's pretty efficient inside the paint but doesn't doesn't do much else Um, he's He's pretty limited defensively. And, and he's, I mean, he's a two-way guy. He's just, he's he, he has sort of probably the, the, the rebounding chops and the touch around the paint to think that he could grow into something more. But now you're taking a sort of developmental flyer on him cool as, as if i was with if i was with greg brown you know i'm with a two-way contract on Trenton and watford i've been really critical of neil olshay for not using two-way contracts like use them on young players um don't don't leave them open for the whole season and then sign tj leaf for like god knows what reason like use them on young young upside types like that's i've been really critical of of neil not using two-way g- contracts because it's like if you're What's what's the point? If you really believe in your developmental system, you, you know, maximize the two-way contracts. Get get guys in and see what you can develop. So I'm I'm with it just because like you know, fill those spots and and see what happens. Uh, it's it is a a no risk m- medium upside play here with Trenton Watford. But there you go, more proof. More proof that we're officially in the off season. Uh, this is, you know, undrafted. Re- undrafted free agents are are signing deals late into the evening on Thursday night. It's draft night, y'all. We made it. But next up in this uh, relatively compressed off season is free agency. It begins on t- on Monday in earnest. It begins at three p.m. Uh, West Coast time. Like I said in the last podcast, I know I have some international listeners. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend to to be able to figure out what time it is in Europe or or Australia. But 3 p.m. Uh, West Coast time, uh, it's it it starts in earnest. So Monday's the day that that we will see deals start happening. Teams will agree to deals. Technically, uh, players can't sign the deals until August 6th. So uh, you'll get you have this four day moratorium where you're supposed to negotiate. The negotiating is already happening. It's here, but. What are the Blazers going to do? Like, this is like, or let's have a little, a free agency primer to close the show. So the number one priority in free agency is going to be trying to sign Norman Powell. I don't think it's a guarantee that they sign Norman Powell, um, both because he might have a really steep price tag, and it's how much do they want to go into the luxury tax by paying Norman Powell. I think that's a question. If you want to keep Dame, it's as far into the luxury tax as possible, right? Um, And it's also because Norman Powell is an unrestricted free agent. He can choose to go other places. Uh, He has, he can, Portland can give him, a big old contract, but he can get a relatively similar deal in the open market. Uh, We will see what that sort of materializes, but uh, Norm is going to be priority. Number one, mostly because the Blazers do not have a other way to, to have a big money contract. They're not going to sign anyone of Norm's caliber. If he walks, Uh, you know, they, they have his bird rights so they can go over the salary cap to sign him. They can, um, you know, they can, if he wants $20 million annually, they, They can do that. But if he walks, they will only be left with the mid-level exception, which is just south of $10 million a year. So it's basically, you can say like half of what Norm will make on likely to make on the open market. It'll be interesting. Uh, One of the funny subplots I want to watch is how much does Norm get paid compared to how much does Gary Trent Jr. get paid? That's something I'm definitely going to pay attention to, and I'll certainly talk about it on this podcast. But if Norm walks, the Blazers will be left with the mid-level exception, which is going to be about $9.5 million, $9, $9.7 million, and the biannual exception is about $3.7 million. Th- those are the two vehicles they're going to have. Important to note that if the Blazers do use a biannual exception, they will be hard capped, which means that they must, for the entire season at all times, stay below the luxury tax apron, which is going to be about $143 million. Uh, that's it makes me think they will not use the buy new exception because they don't want to be hard capped. They want to maintain, and I'm going to use the F word here, flexibility. Uh, we'll debate whether that was a good move. Once we see how the free, how free agency shakes out. Um, but if they don't use that tool, that will be either the excuse Neil makes or like the, the reason that you don't do it because of, of how much, how expensive your team already is. And, and so the hurdles you have to jump through. So They'll have the mid-level exception, the biannual exception, and minimum contracts. That's what they'll be able to sign, and they can sign to use if Norm walks. But if Norm stays, he gets his four years, $80 million, the Blazers will be left with, there'll be a tax team at that point, assuming no other moves. The taxpayer mid-level exception will be a little bit smaller. It's going to be about $5.8 million, and they'll still have the biannual exception at the same price. But again, now you've paid Norm, now you're even closer to that tax apron maybe hard capping yourself is sort of not the path forward for your team. What I'm trying to say is with all this is that the Blazers just it's going to be norm and then it's it's trades or minor moves. And it sounds like from the reporting particularly from Jason Quick is that minor moves is the path. They want to upgrade the bench using the mid-level exception and some minimum contracts and the biannual exception and maybe not the biannual exception, right? Like they want to they want to sp- but you can split up the mid level between a couple guys so if they um you know you can you can give sort of bench backup types uh contracts and they can be multi-year deals they're not all one-year deals although typically that's how that's how neil has done it they'll be you can you can pay guys starting at the numbers uh, the figures i've given you that nine and a half or that or that 5.7 number so that those will be what the blazers sort of have to move forward they're not going to be major players in free agency they don't have cap space uh and they don't really if norm comes back they don't really have a ton of playing time like they have like you can be our sixth man that's what they're offering so with mid-level exception money, you're talking names like Andre Iguodala or Nerlens Noel or Josh Richardson if you're into it or Cameron Payne if you're really obsessed with the Blazers getting a backup point guard. A name I've thrown out there in the mid-level range is Otto Porter, although he's very likely to get more money than that. Bobby Portis, very likely to opt out and enter free agency. He could be a mid-level exception target. Cody Zeller could be a mid-level exception target. I think uh, Willie Colley-Stein, if you're into it, could be could be someone uh, that could be in sort of that, that mid-level range. Other names to know, sort of in that mid-level range: Josh Hart, although he could b- get paid more than that. Kelly Oubre, although be curious to see what he makes on the open market. Uh, not my favorite, but certainly someone in that range. Reggie Bullock, uh, I think that's I, I think. The Mid level is probably more money than Reggie will command. He might um he might sign a little bit uh for a little bit less than that, but he's like a, a solid shooter role player type. Uh, you know these are just these are kind of like the names names to know. I don't think that's like an exhaustive list, but a lot of you have asked like what are reasonable mid level targets, and I think like the sort of Otto Porter Jr. Cody Zeller Nerlens Noel's of the world are are kind of like the range you should think of if the Blazers are gonna have that type of money to chase a player, and I think. Uh, Either all of those guys could, and not probably not Porter, maybe his health issues drives down the price. But like, I think all those, most of the names that I said could be had for either the taxpayer or the full mid level, depending on, um, depending on sort of how how many years you're gonna go and, and and what the rest of the market shakes out. But that's what the Blazers are up against. If they don't sign Norm, they're going to be really limited. If they do, if they do sign Norm, they're going to have less. They're going to, you know, be a better roster probably, although very expensive and very similar. Um, but but they'll have sort of a little bit less to work with in free agency they don't have a way to create cap space there's no unless you know you you really blow it up but they're going to have to match salaries and trades anyway so there's there's almost no way for them to become a cap space team and if they did you're talking about it like a total tear down if they become a cap space team it's probably because they traded Damian lillard uh this is this is just sort of this is where they're headed um that's we're talking mid-level biannual and minimums uh and and whether or not you pay Norman Powell. Like that's, that's what we're talking about this summer. Don't anticipate any of the young guys getting extensions. I think that's, there's no reason to do that now. Um, and also they're not good enough to really deserve them at this point. So that's where they're at. Monday is when the fun begins, but the, from, you know, this moment forward expect the sort of rumors to heat up. Russell Westbrook's on the move. It's going to happen. Obviously trade season is here. Like you can, the tra- trade, trade season is upon us. So that, that will happen as well. Uh, but what teams do in free agency or what trades teams make to open up space and create this and that free agency and potential sign and trades for guys like Kyle Lowry, uh, it could be, we um, we'll, we'll will, you know, dictate what happens. But it's here, it's here. And I think the Blazers' best path forward now that we've sort of discussed their their sort of free agent vehicles is, is trades. Uh, I don't think they have a lot of assets to make, big sexy trades, but uh, as long as Ben Simmons doesn't get traded, we can keep the dream alive unless it's your nightmare. And then I'm sorry that I keep talking about it, but I really maintain he's the best, most acquirable player out there. And uh, if you're trying to win a championship, that's almost certainly your best, like big shakeup that is available to you on the open market. Minor personal note, uh, before I get out of here is I, like I I alluded to earlier in the podcast, I'm going on vacation, uh, I know, (laughs) I know it's a weird time of year to do it, but, uh, I am, I'm going to, so I'm not, I'm, I will not have five shows for you next week. I'll have, I'll have a couple certainly look for one on the opening day of free agency uh, and and one later in the week. Uh, I'm going to bring my computer and my microphone with me. If giant blazer news breaks, I'm not going to miss it. This is the only daily podcast uh, on the web right now. It's not going to be daily next week. And part of me feels bad about that. So I wanted to just go ahead and say, sorry, y'all. I pre, I really appreciate though. Those of you who make this podcast a part of your day each weekday. It means a lot to me, but I this is this is just the time that made sense for me to take off um, back and back before I knew exactly how the NBA offseason was going to shake out so there'll still be pods next week certainly two almost certainly three uh, so you know you'll still get multiple podcasts from me next week but you won't get five I've been I've you know I've been pretty consistent, giving you five a week for the last year or so. I've been really regular here because I know that it means you know you, I want this to be part of your routine. It's um it's important to me to bring you uh the content that you want. So I want to just say like you I'm I'm bringing the mobile studio with me. We'll still have it, but um there might be you're gonna get three podcasts next week and not five. So. Thanks for understanding up front. Uh, it would be a little bit different if it wasn't a huge news week, but it's going to be a huge news week in the league. Massive stuff's going to happen. So uh, that's how it's going to go down. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, thanks, for, Thanks in advance for giving me grace. Also, we didn't do Blazers moment of joy this week. It's two weeks in a row that I've missed it, and i have it's a segment that I was doing each Friday where I shared a, a, Blazers, a Blazers fan, a listener of this podcast, shared sort of a, a Blazers moment that brought them joy, or where they found joy with this team, or where they fell in love with this team, or all these things. And I, I have a really good story in the hopper. I thought the Blazers were going to do nothing on draft night, and I didn't think Russell Westbrook was going to get traded, uh, but it, it just it didn't fit into today's show. We're already at forty minutes, and I barely talked about the NBA draft. I literally didn't mention any other picks outside the Trailblazers. So, I'm going to bring it to you, I, and and I I say that to say like if you have a Blazers Mono joy and you've been sitting on it because you think that segment's dead, it's not. It just got it got bumped for an interview last week, and that was my bad. And then this week, I thought the Blazers were maybe going to do nothing in the draft. They did a little bit more than nothing, and you know it just it, it here we are so send me send me your moments of joy locked on blazers at gmail.com why you fell in love with the team or a moment that like of sort of that brings you joy why the trailblazers bring you joy if you if you want to share your stories locked on blazers at gmail.com look for shows next week uh, still going to be multiple podcasts it's a great time to jump on board it's going to be a really 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 exciting week so tell your friends about the show tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts just search locked on blazers I'll be there waiting for you Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.